What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Amanda, and welcome to Hey Sugar Podcast, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and love. Man, I'm so happy to be back, uh, back in the flow of doing our episodes, and I have a special co-host tonight, my girl, Selena from She Stories. What's up, Selena? Hey, girl. How you doing? We'll have to talk about that later, but I'm excited to be here. I'm ready for some girl chat. And yeah, let's get this started. Yeah, we will have to talk about that later. <laughs> I've been seeing your TikTok, so I know you got some stuff going on that we have not talked about. So we will talk about that shortly. But Selena, go ahead and tell us who our guest is this evening. Our guest this evening is Jaqueen, and I am super excited. She is a single mom, and I am excited to hear her story because your girl is a single mom. So I'm excited to hear your story, Jaqueen. What you got to tell us? How you doing, Jaqueen? <laughs> hey, hey, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Well, like you said, I'm Jaqueen um, with um, Eris Legacy. I'm an author and a speaker. And so I am a single mom of four children, one 23, one 19, one 17, which are all boys, and then my 10-year-old daughter. Now, listen, y'all. You know, we're talking about mothers. It's still, you know, May and it's Mother's Month. We're celebrating moms, but listen, if y'all could see her, this queen right here, the queen, she don't look even the age that she is with these kids, man. She don't look like it. Girl. Girl. (laughs) It's like melon popping. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're like Selena said, we're excited to, to talk to you about uh, your sisterhood hub. We're excited to talk to you about being a single mom. And I know that you have an amazing story just based on what I've read so far. Uh, We're friends on Facebook, never met each other until this podcast, um, joining each other via Zoom. Um, You guys will hear us um, with the audio, but man, we're so glad to have you tonight. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and talk about uh, you and how you grew up and how it kind of shaped who you are. How'd you become a single mom? That's not the role that God uh, designed for us, right? Mm -hmm. I tell this to people all the time. That's not God's plan. That was not God's plan, but it turned out that way. And Mm -hmm. Selena and I know because we both are are single moms. So talk to us, talk to us. Okay, well, I'll have to rewind back. So motherhood started for me at 18. And motherhood for me was... um, defined a little differently. I had to find my place in, in motherhood because what I was trying to do was replace um, something that I never had growing up. So my my grandmother raised me from birth. My birth mother couldn't raise me. Someone put something in her drink, which triggered mental illness, which wow. then triggered um, substance abuse. So, um, and then not only that, I was born into a situation where um, I'm named after my aunt because apparently my mother and my father got high and he was my aunt's boyfriend. So you talk about born into lost identity of self. I had to strongly seek out about um, being a a young mom at 18. Mm -hmm. And I feel like how that came about was I was always trying to desperate desperately find um, the security and the love that I felt like was missing in the childhood, the loss of identity, the abandonment, the sense of uh, rejection. Because even when my father did come around those three times between birth and like 30 years old, there was there was always um, something inside of me that was searching. So I was very naive to 
thinking that I was in love young and believing anyone that, you know, but not anyone, but just believing things that were said to me that it's like, come on, we're young. We don't even, I don't know who I am. You don't know who you are. And so I think I was operating from a a broken place. Um, So I felt like that turned into premature sex before marriage. And it also turned into, you know, motherhood for me, but I was so excited to be a mom. Like, I was like, I'm doing this and I'm going to give my baby the world. And of course, I thought me and her, his dad were going to be together forever. But he totally like hit the fence <laughs> and was scared and didn't tell his parents till almost the baby was due. So we went from spending every day together being like this high school sweetheart couple to him just running. And I wasn't going to just pop up at his door. So I just took it. And then eventually he told his parents baby was here. But now we, you know, things were kind of apart. So I started co-parenting from a place of motherhood at 18 Mm. and it was not fun. (laughs) That just was not fun. Not only was it not fun, um, learning through that journey of who I wanted to identify as, as a mother, regardless of how my grandmother raised me, what lack I didn't have of ever experiencing my birth mother, because although I love my grandmother, rest in peace, um, to death and everything that she poured into me, I always wanted my mom. Usually mm-hmm. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lacking the motherhood, um, there was some fear there, but there was also some fight or flight. And I chose to flight because, I mean, I'm sorry, I chose to fight because I wanted to give my son everything. I wanted to, you know, give, give him everything. And so I needed, I realized I needed to heal within my motherhood because that wasn't the end of just rushing probably into a relationship wanting Mm -hmm. to have that family. So Mm -hmm. even in marriage and having, you know, three more children and then ending in divorce because I wasn't aligned properly. I wasn't choosing a mate from a place of action. I was choosing a mate from a place of potential and brokenness and trying to fix someone else when I need to be fixing, fixing my own self. We can stop right there. <laughs> so, Listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, I look at my life and um, the relationship that I have with my um, ex. We were married, my daughter's father. Um, you know, I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. And I think around that time, now people are aware of, you know, you need to pray about it. You really need to seek the Lord about your husband. And if this is who God has for you, that wasn't something that uh, was taught back then, you mm-hmm. know? And so I just married my husband on, he he's a minister, mm-hmm. you know, he, he reminds me of my dad, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he got some stuff going on with his past and it's mm-hmm. a little funky, but you know, this work, this going to be, God, God can do everything, you know, we, God can help us get mm-hmm. through this. And mm-hmm. I never even thought to ask God. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and how old were you when you got married? I was probably a long time ago. I was um, about my my 20s. Mm. Yeah, so I was young. I was in my 20s. Yeah, so young, right? Like, so tell me when you were, were when you were um, pregnant at 18, Mm-hmm. You had all these things going on based on what you've told us already. You, you're you're dealing with healing from your relationship with your mom and her not being there. And mm-hmm. then you're dealing with this challenge of you being a teen mom. And then you have the dad that is not ready to step up to the plate because he's young. I mean, 
And then you have your own dealings of affirming who you are as a woman. Like, how did you handle all of that at 18? At 18, um, it was just, it was just into fight mode. So it was into, okay, I'm not going to be a statistic. We're not going to sit here and be on cash aid. So we're going to get a job. We're going to do this. We're going to figure out how to provide. So wow. that was my initial. And then I, I was already out of my grandmother's home. So my thing was, I was not going to go back. So it just, I just had to keep pushing and growing and I had dreams and aspirations. I always had passion to pursue purpose. And I knew the call that God had on my life, but here I was in this would would not be I would never call it a mistake but a dilemma mm-hmm. and that who do I go to and so I started realizing who were my mentors um what were my resources and there was a lot of dark days there was a lot of um praying and sitting at the feet of God about how to go about this so the main thing that I can say my grandmother taught me about having a life of prayer but just like you there's just these cliche things in church that you just you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. But is it tangible to real life and the steps that I need work before I do that? I need to do this, this and this. And if you come from this type of background, you need to do this, this and this. And I just remember thinking, I wish my grandmother would have got me counseling. How did I operate and function as a teenager? And I mean, there's just story after story, just in addition to not having parents, how did I function and I couldn't see past, I couldn't see into my future past my current circumstances. Mm-hmm. So in a twisted reality, the only way out was having a family that was all that I saw around me. It was dysfunctional family. And so I was like, I fell into a statistic of teenage pregnancy. So I, I was determined in those times that I was sitting at God's feet and sitting, how do I break this cycle? So that was in my heart. That was what I wanted, but I just didn't know how to go about. And I had to dig and fight for resources. So it wasn't just about providing and going mm-hmm. from, you know, catching the bus to now I got a car and I can drive me in my summer round. I mean, I, you know, I had to climb my way up financially, mentally, emotionally, um, physically, spiritually. And I just didn't, I could never give up, but that doesn't mean it wasn't hard. It wasn't dark. I don't suggest that on anyone, but I will attribute my strongest days to my relationship in Christ Mm. and journaling out and writing over my son's life, what I saw for him and what I saw for my position as motherhood in his life. And I began to seek the only person that I knew that I didn't have in the earthly realm I had in the spiritual realm that created me and you allowed me to bring this life here. So if I seek you, I can't go wrong if I seek you on how to nurture this life and my other three children that were that were coming and in them and I did the same thing in the midst of divorce and separation and so everything that I thought that I needed or wish that I needed as far as counseling and therapy I made sure that I did my best to supply that for my children Uh so that they too understood the journey that I was walking the journey I was healing from the journey that I was working to become in 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 within the woman that I was becoming wow I mean Uh For you, to, um, te- you don't know how amazing you are, right? Yeah. I'm telling you right now, to be at that age, to, to think like that, to be so uh, in touch with yourself and with your God, with God, just to know that you needed to do these things in mm-hmm. order for you to become the woman that he wanted you to be, no matter what happened at 18. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 
Yeah, I agree. And you're just like speaking to me right now because mm. like Amanda was saying, you were so young and you like already got it. Like yeah. at that age, you already had it and knew what you had to do and who you had to turn to. And I'm 30 and I'm like just getting it. Mm. And like, so to hear you right now talking about it is just mm. so encouraging to me. So I got it, but then knowing how to activate what I got right. was a process. Mm. Yes. And that is where the passion comes into young women and young girls, because rarely do we really get to understand the process. We just see someone at the end of got it. So could I have articulated it this way at 18? Did I know and was I really able to define it? I I knew, okay, I got to seek God, but it was just as simple as that. Here at 42, with two in college, one with the full ride scholarship, one um, in pre-med school, um, I know that I can say, okay, yes, I got it. But then that process to activate it, that was that was an ugly process. It was a hard blood, sweat and tears process. I doubted myself along the way a lot of times, but I look up and I'm like, wow, I did something right. God, thank you. And you covered my children. So you cannot go wrong with seeking God about the seed that he blessed you with and how to nurture it. Regardless, I had to take my eyes off of other parents other parent flaws, other, I, I needed to just focus on my flaws, mm-hmm. <laughs> my betterment as a woman, my betterment as a mother and who I wanted to be. And I didn't get it all right. It was a very imperfect journey. It still is. But I knew again, that I could not go wrong. If I sought him, apologized to my children along the way, spoke mm-hmm. to them and taught them because in ra- being raised by my grandmother, you couldn't really ask a whole bunch of questions and have a whole bunch of conversations. It's just, it is what it is. And you better be happy. You have a roof over your head. I mean, that's it. Very old school. That's it. Poverty stricken. I'm gonna call it what it is. You know, old school black grandmother. So mm-hmm. I used to be so muted and want to discuss so much. So I journaled so much. And so I, I, till this day, my, my kids make so much fun of me about my long speeches and stuff, but I need them to know I get it. I show them their grandmother and I show them, you know, the hurts and can, can you imagine to me having a mother is so precious. It's beyond just expectation. I didn't get that. I was robbed of that. So I take this relationship with you as your mother so dear to me because it's, I didn't get that. So I couldn't even fathom what that would be. And it even makes me choked up right now because it's, it is that serious to me mm-hmm. and I cannot allow you guys to fail. I cannot allow you guys to make any of the mistakes that I've made unless you choose to, because not because I didn't tell you where I understood my mishaps were where I understood I took wrong turns and some mistakes I made, not in having my children, because I'll never say that they were a mistake, but in my vulnerabilities and my naiveness before strengthening my relationship in Christ so that I could identify myself and my purpose so that I can then identify that in others so that I could be aligned properly with who I chose to marry. Like Amanda said, taking my time. Mm-hmm. I taught how to take my time. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to be, <laughs> but you could put a whole bunch of expectations on the potential of another human being, Ooh. what they say, but if their actions are not aligning and they're showing you something totally opposite than Christ, even though you met them in the church or in theology school yes. or building business the same way you want to build business, you know, it's, if it's not founded 
on the way that God has laid out the foundation, we're already we're already down headed down the wrong path. And even that's not promise. It takes work. It takes two mature people wanting to intentionally live out a life for Christ and parent through intimacy. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit can speak to you things about your children that you can't see in the natural that you're not going to see with the way the world is pulling you out to work and out to this and and as moms, and we can miss the whole heartbeat of our household and the heartbeat of our children and the love language of our children. And we'll be swarming around. And I didn't want to be the rushy mom. I didn't want to be the mom that was always yelling. I was like, how do I, how do I get control of this? So I had to constantly seek him, Mm -hmm. seek him and then read books, find resources and unlearn dysfunctional patterns that we see all around us and within our families a lot of times that aren't raising um, productive kids, happy kids, healthy kids, thriving kids. Do you think um, while your children were growing up, you were still on your healing journey? You were healing while your kids were growing? Oh, yes, because Mm -hmm. the marriage I was in was not it. (laughs) It was just... It wasn't it. And I was just trying to make it it because I was so scared to be alone. Mm. And so I would just gather them and pray. And I remember one time my oldest son, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I get so, you know. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. But anyway, I remember my oldest son came to me or one time when he, he probably was, how old was he? Probably about 10, 12. And he's like, why are you always playing when something goes wrong? <laughs> why, are you, why aren't you just doing what's right? And I was like, listen, we're going to pray until something goes right. We're going to pray mm. until mommy gets it right, until mommy can show you, because there's a lot that I could tell them. But it's so hard to feel like you're a single mom in a marriage. That is the most heart crushing thing. And so a lot of times, oh, let me get myself together. Okay, deep breath. A lot of times, um, and I'm sorry, we had a death in the family this week. So I'm already like, sorry. yeah. So a lot of times, um, you know, when you're in, when you're aligned wrong, it can affect your position as motherhood, but you have to choose not to, even if you haven't made a decision, what you're going to do in the marriage or in the relationship. Prayerfully, two um, responsible individuals can work it out and understand this, the importance of it's not just about you mm-hmm. or them. It's about now we're cultivating family and what they see and what they learn. And it's so hard to do that on your own. But once you see you're in a situation where even with the title of marriage, you have to do that on your own. You have to begin to carve out this sacred time. And um, it's like you're operating as a single mom in a marriage and you have to you have to begin to do the things that you feel like the lead and the provider, protector of the prophet and the priest of the house should do. But you have to implement those things yourself and you have to be consistent and show up in your children's life the way that you want to. Because if you keep worrying about what everybody else is doing or not doing or what the other parent or spouse is doing or not doing, nothing will ever get done for the betterment of the children emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and what they really need to really feel safe and secure. So there's there's a lot of that that I learned in marriage that I just try to continue consistently, even in the single parenthood portion of it, because 
I had already tried to master it, but my, my children were also very aggressively, um, ac- uh, athletically active, my, my boys. And so just managing that to get to a lighter, even side of it, managing, you know, packing dinner on the go and doing homework on the go and all of that. I thought it was pure insanity sometimes, but I learned with boys, they need so much, um, they have so much energy to burn. Mm -hmm. And when you pray and you do sit down and you take that time with God and he shows you who your kids are individually, you ask them what their personalities are and you start to learn and you pick up, you have to be in tune. And I, and I say it's our time with the Lord is so valuable, not only to our own life's purpose, but our purpose and our role and title as motherhood because he'll speak to you in secret things about your children. And we have to understand our discernment and our intuition because it could be one little whisper that it's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's Riley's thing, or that's Ejon's thing. Let me make note of that. And let me begin to cultivate that. And when we spend our one-on-one time and I give him his lung language, let me make sure that I'm adding that in my prayer book and I'm speaking life into that area of his life or her life. Yeah. That's beautiful. You guys are grew together. Yeah. Together. And I know Selena, she has a a son. She's a boy mom and her son is very active and full of energy too. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just feel like I'm just taking it all in right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like you just have so much, so much knowledge, but it's all through experience in life and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful just to see where you came from. And I'm just soaking it all in. Yeah. I'm, I feel like my, my son's eight years old and I feel like I've missed getting to know him in that way with God showing me who he is. Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to like watch him and as through my physical eyes, try to see who he is, but it's a whole different ball game when, when God shows you. Yes. Yeah. So, and so- I think as I'm sorry, I think as humans, we're super, super critical. You know, we see them yeah. and we're just like, mm, that little thing, like, mm. but mm-hmm. God wants to show us like, who he made him to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing too, was with, if I could go back and tell, you know, my younger mother self, anything is you're doing a great job. If you're doing the best that you can, sometimes it might be cereal for dinner, but you were able to teach him how to pray. (laughs) You know, sometimes it was, (laughs) I mean, you know, that's that's a lot of times, but sometimes it, it was what it was. But if I could, if I gave him something or them something or her something that she can take with her for the rest of her life, it was okay if the laundry didn't get done today. It was okay because it there was so many things and breathing and the scripture that got me through most of my moments in motherhood. Tell me, girl. Yes. <laughs> be anxious for nothing. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. And let me get the exact it's been a while since I referred to that one because I mean <laughs> that <clears throat> Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing. And then it's, you read the whole scripture, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so I would say that over and over again. And I would remind myself because I was the type that was thinking, okay, what do I have to do to do this so they don't turn out like this? Because I would think I had so such traumatic Um, stress disorder from what I saw and the chaos I saw Mm. and I was so worried about my future and what I wasn't what I that I ended up doing the very thing that I didn't want to see play out in my life so 
I was like, okay, I got to stop worrying about this. I'm attracting the very thing that I'm fearing. So let me sit down and settle myself in this motherhood thing. Because this is something I do have control over to an extent. This is something that I can, you know, master, trust God in and really sit. And so it's not too late. Eight years old. And right now in this moment, it isn't too late. I would frequently even repent to God like, oh, okay, I didn't get that right, Lord. Can you show me and you can you guide me? And can, you know, how do I spend more time? How do I rewire my schedule? Yeah. How do I get out of systems that are taking me away from being able to be the type of mother, to be able to see them off in the morning and pick them up, to ask them about their day? What? How do I want to be a mother? Not compare. Doesn't mean anybody else isn't doing it great. How do I need to mother these children in this household to cultivate what they need. And so it was just, it was constant pruning and readjusting there. It's seasonal. And as soon as you get that, they're on, they're on to another thing. And so <laughs> we're always kind of shifting our lives to kind of work around the best, um, the best systems to nurture their growth and what they need. And so a, lot of, a lot of calibrating as a parent. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 And community. Thank God for community. I couldn't be at everybody's game, pick everybody up, grab everybody a snack all the time. And I still I'm still thinking mothers, even for my 23 year old, that would help me. And, you know, and I'm like, you you don't know that you were an answered prayer written down in my journal and I'll screenshot and send them pages. And even to my son that got the five five year right scholarship, it took it took a village. It took mentors coming in and I'm, I'd be like, wow, I put that on my prayer list and God will sing you the help. He will sing you the other moms with sons your age that are the perfect friend for your son and the perfect mother outlet relationship for you. And um, it's just, I've just seen God do so much through prayer that I could, I, I, that I couldn't have figured it out on my own. I couldn't, I'm not that smart. I'm not that, that wise. It was through prayer and revelation and fasting. Sometimes yeah. if, I, if I couldn't get a breakthrough, I couldn't hear correctly. I'd sacrifice something because I wanted to get this thing right. You know, as right as I possibly could, because perfect. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I wanted to get it right. I wanted to make sure I was pleasing in God's eyes. So who was your your circle of support um, as your children were growing up? Um, because you're, you had uh, your grandma, but then who was your circle support that was there for you along the way? The people that you can shout out and send, you know, give them their flowers right now. <laughs> um, I, I do give a lot of credit because there's thing I didn't grow up in a in a household with with men. It was just me, my grandmother and my sister. So there's certain things, you know, that the marriage brought, but then there's also there's positives. I can't take all the positive credit. So their fathers did tremendous with making sure that they were active. Because I wouldn't have known that boys needed to be that active. And I kind of had to catch up with their speed. And so what I did is, okay, you understand the sports. And they're they're more drawn to the sports and the sciences and different things. So I'm going to make sure that academically, they they look like on paper what they, they are athletically. And so as we begin to cultivate this shift in co-parenting, I found the strength in my lane and he found the strength in his lane. And we begin to work that thing to make sure that they got to where they needed to get. 
And um, the support system, I mean, again, I think it's just community and, and tribe team moms. You know, he knew more people than I did and they, they he could just make a phone call and they, somebody would get picked up and stuff. So I, I've thanked all them personally, but it's too many to, it's too many to, to thank. I didn't have family. Mm-hmm. So there was, it was me and it was community and it was their dad. It wasn't, Yeah. I can't give anyone credit during that time. It was, it was just me. We were building, we had businesses. It was, I didn't have family. He didn't have family. So it was us. I will, I, I do want to say, and I'm sorry, this is not in to forget them, but um, rest in peace, Sarah, one of my um, mother, and she's still my mother-in-law, even though we're divorced, but she, she spent a lot of time with the grandbabies because while we were working and building business, she spent a lot of time with the grandbabies until they day they say that they say they're grandma babies. Mm. So I would say um, my mother-in-law's always helped me, you know. I always call them my mother-in-law. Any relationship, we're still, the mother-in-law, yeah. they're still living, yeah. I would say they they helped me tremendously um, in pouring in the love and the time into my children. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then what about you personally? Who was like your, your go-to person or the people that helped you outside of your kids? Like in the times when you just needed just, ah, oh, I just need to, somebody to talk to, I need somebody to cry to. Um, I think because I was raised by an old soul, I had, I had sisters in Christ that were way older than me mm-hmm. that I would, and, um, over women's ministry that I would, when I would go to women's ministry, that would be my outlet. Yeah. Um, it would be women that I wasn't necessarily close to, but I could see their walk with God that, uh, would extend a hand or an ear. Mm-hmm. A hand in prayer or ear. And so even though I didn't know them personally, and it might not have been my age group or hang out, I knew that I could get wisdom yeah. and insight from them. So I would say strong sisters in uh, my church community that I could call and get a prayer from or some words of wisdom from. And then later, because I'm speaking younger, I, sl- I really was on my own. I mean, <laughs> that's not to discredit Later, as I even developed in my maturity and I started displaying this, displaying this, this walk that I felt like I wanted to work towards and the woman that I was becoming, then I began to get spiritual mentors and Mm -hmm. uh, Beckley and Pastor Laquetta and, and then, but this is like later when I decided, okay, none of this is looking like how I want to. Now I'm a single mom in this. Now I need to build my legacy there's no one else to blame. I did my healing process mm-hmm. and I'm ready to openly receive. The student was ready to receive the teacher. And so then I, I had um, mentors later in my, I want to say late thirties. Yeah. Cause I'm 42 now. So late mid mid thirties is when I started getting my mentors. Wow. That's awesome. So it, it was God. Number one, like it was grandma and it's God all yeah. between that time. God, that's what it was. Yeah. No, no lie, man. So you talked a lot about sisterhood and we want to, we want to talk about your sisterhood hub, your faith-based sisterhood hub. Tell us the name of it. Why did you start it? And just all about what it is. Okay, awesome. Well, it's in honor of my grandmother, Helen, that raised me from birth, as I said. Um, It's for young women and young girls to understand that they were birthed 
birth as royal priesthood, we are co-heirs with Christ and we have strong identity and purpose. And it's our birthright as women, as divine feminine to create and live a legacy and leave a legacy. And um, um, my motto is building legacy for the kingdom. So um, I have a book coming out and a website where um, I provide faith-based clinical counseling and mentorship for young girls and young women. And I'm excited about this because now that I have two in college, now that my daughter's a little older, I can begin really building this thing and walking you know, it out. And I've always volunteered and um, provided safe spaces for the youth and foster um, children and um you know, different young women, young women that have came from broken homes or broken back backgrounds similar to mine, mm-hmm. and just always um, provided a voice for empowerment for sisterhood and a sacred place for prayer and, um, you know, and conversation and insight and, and intellect and wisdom. So I'm excited about Eris Legacy because I feel like this is my legacy. This is what I'm going to build everything under the umbrella of everything that embodies me, my journey. And I, um, under that, my program is become a better you on your journey to becoming whole, because within that journey, healing has to take place. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we move on, like I told you from this to that, and we didn't take time to reflect because we weren't really knowledgeable in the minority community about counseling and therapy. It wasn't mental health. Mental health. It wasn't really a big thing. It was kind of like, oh, well, those people are crazy over there. You just knew. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. So if we had, and then at school, counselors kind of like help you with your school schedule. They're not really pulling you in unless you were at risk or foster youth or suicidal or something. And so where, where, were our outlets where did we learn and so a lot of times religion for me put a lot of things and it's like well there's there's some in-between roads where I need a little more explanation I really need to know how to walk this thing out tangibly when I get home or when I get into peer pressure or when I'm trying to you know relate this to my real life not just well the bible says you should do this is okay well now that I'm in this situation and what, what do I do now? And then how do I prevent from not doing this again? And I've learned through um, studying other cultures and how they, how they would heal and how they would utilize the resources of counseling and and therapy. And it's become very big now, even it's crossed over more into the minority community, which I'm so thankful for. So that is what Eris Legacy is. It's in honor of my grandmother, my birth mother, because again, I feel like her, a lot of her um, and what she was to become, she was the first one to get a full ride scholarship. So, um, Someone put something in her drink and that was robbed from her. This is in honor of her and who all she was to become and and um, who I still see her as regardless of her mental illness and drug abuse. And and then my daughter and then the kings that I'm raising, my three boys, it's in honor of them as well. That's awesome. And so now that your daughter's a little older, you're going to be more uh, involved in putting your heiress legacy faith-based sisterhood out there more mm-hmm. so people can be a part of it. So girls can find a space for them to heal and they can see who they are in God and how they're beautiful Queens, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, and then you're, you're writing a book right now. 
my book is written. I just need to set up everything. So I wanted to make sure that I had my business infrastructure correct so that at once payments go through, I can have everything not go to my personal account. Yeah. So it took a while to get that LLC going and then the book can then be available for purchase soon. So <laughs> exciting. I'm, I'm working full-time outside of the home and uh-huh. I'm building this. So it's been a journey in the middle of a pandemic, but I can say that once everything is launched, I am full force and ready to go. Yeah. What's the name of the book? It is Identity and Purpose, Building a Legacy for the Kingdom. Love it. I love it. And then you think it'll be coming out this summer? Yes, 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 yes. All right, y'all. Y'all look for her book coming out this summer. We're going to drop all of her information, all her social media uh, profiles, her website, everything. You'll be able to get in touch with her. Um, So tell us, what happened in the pandemic with you? What perspective did you come out of the pandemic with? Perspective was everything. I think it it really prioritized what was what mm-hmm. needed to be prioritized in life. I think that's family. I think that's our relationship with Christ and how we spend our time, how what our morning regimen is like, um, how we allow um, what we could do without, what I could do without, um, what I needed to get done, what I had told God yes to and what needed to get done. Um, and then also... Um, family. I think everything rooted back to the importance of what life is really about um, and really sick, sitting and spending time with self. Yes. Really spending time with self because let's be honest, we can all get so busy to where we sometimes we just don't even slow down to really check in with self. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> functional how you're functioning on the go on the go yeah so I enjoyed the pauses I enjoyed um some of them were a little scary I ain't gonna lie I'm like wait is the world closing down what's going on <laughs> but um right <laughs> yeah but I enjoyed the shift a moment and really being able to bask in mm-hmm. real time and actually see a clean ocean and, and, you know, prepare meals and not have to leave and rush and pick up kids and go pick up. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, but I think um, it also taught, what do you want to go back to? What do you need to go back to? And what do you not need to go back to? What do you want to? Hmm. And that means, you know, Make sure you're living life in a healthy way to cater to your mental health, yes. your well-being. It's going to sustain it, not just this week, but your breathing. Take time to hear your breathing. Take yes. time to feel your heartbeat. Take time to hear your children breathing in their heartbeat. Take time to literally lay on their chair and hear their heartbeat and love on them and sit and eat meals together and Don't let this world rob you if you were able to put things in perspective and say what was important to you and what you really liked. Don't let that slip away once we are said to go back to what is considered normal. Create the normal. Mm -hmm. Create and hold on to it with everything that you have and don't let the world pull you away from it no matter what busy looks like and you know and and schedules look like for everybody else make sure that you cultivate in your home and your atmosphere the pace that works for you and your mental health Mm -hmm. health I love that 
And I and we need to hold on to that. And there, as you guys listen uh, to her story, it's so important. You brought something up, you know, perspective during the pandemic is like we created this new normal for a whole entire year. If it was sitting, you know, at the table, let's eat together, guys. You know, we didn't do that before. We can't go out to eat. Now we're eating together. We're cooking together. We're doing things together. Don't let go let go of those things that you created, those rituals you created in the pandemic mm-hmm. with your family that were, you know, causing you to have closest, causing you to check in with yourself, causing you to check in with your kids. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Don't Not lose that. Not from the phone. And really- yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, don't lose that because everything is opening up in California on June 15th. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't lose do it. it. Don't lose it. We were able to learn so much about each other during mm-hmm. that time. If you really, you know, if you really learn to look at it through fresh eyes, right? Through God's eyes during that time. I hope that you did, but it's not too late for you to create moments with your family, create moments with your friends mm-hmm. and check in with yourself often. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So um, drop a gem on us. If you could speak to our audience, be it uh, men or women that are single parents that have young kids that are single parents that have adult children that are still trying to figure it out, that are still trying to work their nine to five and have this dream or this purpose that God has birthed them with that they're having a hard time trying to deliver. Drop a gem on those people. I would say, please make sure that you keep a journal on your children. And if you're not into writing, um, make sure that you voice record and go back and play it, go back and read it. And, you know, whatever your spiritual relationship is, like I shared, mine is with Christ. I believe that he's a savior of my life and that he can directly download through the Holy Spirit what is tangible and necessary for me to cultivate the type of parenthood that I am to be to my children. I believe he can do the same for you. Seek in prayer time and quiet time and tend to your self-care so that you can be nurturing and loving and supportive and fun (laughs) with your children. Um, Create moments and spaces within the 24 hours that you can say you loved on them, you were patient with them, you spoke life into them. Don't let 24 hours go by and you didn't, and you let the world rob you of doing those three things with yourself and with your child that's not what God intended for our lives. And so we have to do our darnest to make sure that we are spending those 24 hours, only those limited amount of hours that we're awake, making sure that one, we take care of self. If it's 15 minutes, mom, dad, Two, that we journaled something about our child that we saw, that we need to pray about, that we need to speak life into, that we had fun with them and loved on them. We heard their heartbeat. We hugged on them. We kissed on them. We prepared. We did something to make them smile with intention because a lot of times we'll go into marriage or we're going to relationship and we want to please another person, but we don't take time to understand that children need the same thing. What can I do for you today to make your day better? Like, can I leave in surprise? Sometimes we don't put a lot of thought. Little notes for the children. Do it for your spouse. Do it for your children. Leave little surprises 
do whatever you can to make their day that much better because they can get it on the outside, but it's so much better when they can get it in home from mom and dad. That's true. I love that. I love it. Especially the little notes, you know, it's so true. Like when you're, you're dating someone or you're married, you're constantly, you know, leave it alone. Trying to, yeah, right. Leave it. Right. Don't stop don't doing it for hubby or, or, or wifey, but right. yeah. Do it for the kids. kids. Yes, that's, that's awesome. I love that. And to, and to check in to self. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. That's so important, man. Thank you so much. So tell us, how can we find you? Um, drop your social media handles, your website. Okay. So it's heirslegacy.com. Um, you can email me at jaqueen at heirslegacy.com. Um, Facebook, heirslegacy. <laughs> and Instagram, heiress underscore legacy. Awesome. You guys, man, I hope that you were blessed by everything that she said and make sure you love your kids, make sure you love yourself, make sure you birth whatever that purpose that you have inside of you. It doesn't matter if you are a single mom or a single dad, if you got one kids, two kids, three kids, four kids, you still can be everything that you were called to be, including being a great parent and a great person of purpose. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much. And we look forward to, for your book dropping. We can't wait for it. Yes. So yes. thank you so much for joining us. And Selena, as always, we'll have to recap on you and your stuff. Really <laughs> well. <laughs> but you you really encourage Selena to. Yes. To yeah. Wow. Well, oh, I, sure. This is exactly what I needed tonight. Wow. Well, thank, so thank you for being here with us. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to see your beautiful faces. This is like such an awkward world that we're living in. So this is this is right. time spent together. Awesome. All right, y'all. So you can check out the queen. You can find her uh, in the notes and uh, make sure you check out her book. It's coming out this summer. Yeah. Uh, but y'all just make sure y'all love yourselves and love your family because life is very short and very precious. So create moments and make space. All right, y'all take care. Bye.